Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, we're going to go ahead and do some more Orion, and things are getting pretty weird for him. I mean, they've been weird, but, you know, his last life was pretty strange. He just gave up. He <laughs> sat around, and, you know, there was no uh, no sunset, no hunger, no sleep, nothing. He just sat there, and it seemed like he could do so infinitely, and then eventually he got bored and moved on. And now we hear on Life 1.20866. I valued human life more than I probably should have. I could have gone around killing people like Stabby. They would have been alive in my next go-around. However, I figured that if other people only had one life to live, or at the very least weren't aware of their separate lives, it would suck to have it cut short by a guy without the same values of life. I entered Life 1.20866 with the intention of breaking one of my cardinal rules. I was going to take a life intentionally. For the first time in many lives, I felt nervous. I'd forgotten what the sensation felt like. My stomach churned, and my knees were weak. I didn't hear Aurelicus's first few bellows. Orion! Orion! What the devil has gotten into you? Sorry, sir. I'm nervous about the battle ahead. I lied. Don't be nervous. You have the might of the Roman Empire on your side. More like marching towards your back, I said under my breath. What? Send in the toothless guy. No matter how many times I tried to skip his speech and get on with the night, he babbled on. But I had learned a trick. If I just turned and walked out of the tent, the toothless guy would be standing there. When I first learned the trick, I thought he had been waiting outside all that time. However, now I felt he only appeared in reaction to my choices, which is kind of weird. Just like the time when I found out how to skip the battle, I traded my weapons for a body shield and decided to hide under it until it was over. Mm -hmm. After I had confronted mm -hmm. Stabby in Life 
2.0537, I continued to fight in the skirmish rather than wait it out. I didn't want him to anticipate me skipping the battle and bring his entourage with him. If I had any shot at killing him, I would need to surprise him. And this was the only life where I knew how to skip the part where I met him and still be healthy enough to fight. I had the same vision of Princess kissing me on the cheek. Once again, I never experienced the life where the daydream came from. And I was beginning to think I never would. Even though I first thought it was the promise of things to come, it taunted me about things that could never be. After the Romans trampled me, the tortoise shell brigade disappeared, I popped out from behind the shield onto the battlefield. Just like last time, it was littered with bodies. I dressed as a barbarian and grabbed a short sword this time. I had eons of swordsmanship experience by this point. I planned to incapacitate Stabby. I figured the Achilles tendon would do the trick, and then I'd use his weapon against him. At first, I surveyed the battlefield, but I didn't see him. Then I spied the boy I had mistaken for him. Instead of rushing the kid, I waited and watched. Nothing happened. No matter how many bodies the cleanup crew cleared, there was always more. It was in an endless loop. I decided to wander the battlefield to see if I could find the edge. It was just like the infinite jungle. There were bodies in every direction, no matter what direction I went, the scenery was the same. I should have known the battlefield was infinite. I dodged through endless hordes of people, so endless fields of bodies shouldn't have surprised me. What surprised me was the level of detail. Each cluster of barbarians singing prayers for the dead, each body cleanup crew, each fallen soldier looked different from the rest. I walked through the field of the dead looking for Stabby. For days and days, the sun never moved. The tree line in the distance was too far away to be hiding the sun without it being dusk. I decided to walk towards the tree line, but it was like the princess, impossibly distant. I realized at that moment that I was no longer living but trapped in a dimension of hell. Stabby was a demon assigned to torment me. I screamed for Stabby to show himself. I yelled until I was hoarse. A few barbarians saw me freaking out and walked towards me. When they got close, I pulled out my sword and started swinging. I lunged at one of them, and he brought down his axe on my head. I didn't die, but I did see blood cloud my vision. The barbarians spat and called me Roman racial slurs. Stabby arrived moments later. He waved the other barbarians away and said... When will you get it through your head that killing me isn't in your best interest? Please, I begged. If you have the power to kill me forever, do it. Oh, so now you want my help? I just don't want to go on like this. If there's anything you could do, please, I beg you, do it. I'm sorry, it's just the way we are. He positioned the dagger above my eye socket. Like he had millions of times before, he pushed the blade closer, but I grabbed his hand. I didn't know where I got the strength. We grunted and strained. I twisted the dagger back towards him. With both hands, I pushed with all my might. He made one last attempt to save his life. No, please don't. You, you won't like what happens next. I'm only telling you this for your sake. I could care less about what happens to... <clears throat> the dagger went right into Stabby's eye and pierced his brain. He tumbled over off me and fell. Suddenly, my head wound ceased to throb. I sat up and looked around. Everything was frozen in time. A cleanup crew person was about to finish off a wounded Roman soldier. 
Barbarians were in the middle of a prayer for one of their fallen warriors. A little ways away, a few men were hoisted body into a cart. They were all frozen in their tracks. It looked like a wax museum display of an ancient battlefield. I traversed the battlefield for hours until I confirmed everything in time stopped except for me. I realized I still clutched Stabby's dagger. It never left my hand the entire time. I walked up to a large cluster of barbarians who were performing the rites of three funerals. I poked a man with a horned helmet and giant white hides. He felt real enough. His skin was sweaty and the hides were a soft fur. I tr tried to move his hands or take away the axe on his belt, but they didn't budge. I attempted to pick up a stray weapon on the battlefield, but that couldn't move either. It was as if everything was locked in one position. The only except was Stabby. I was able to move his body. That's when I realized I forgot to loot his body. If there's one thing my infinite life's taught me, it was that you should always loot the body. It took me several hours to find my way back to him. Navigating an infinite field was problematic. Eventually, I got back down to the place of our showdown and went through his clothing. In a pouch strapped to his belt, I found a remote control. I was giddy at the discovery because even though it was an odd object that was out of time, it totally made sense. Everything was finally coming together. On the remote control had three buttons and an LED light. One was an icon with three stars. I knew them immediately. They were Orion's belt. I imagine that's how he probably tracked me. The second icon was a door, and the third was a panic button. Well, I guess there was only one real choice. I pressed the door button. A door appeared in the battlefield. It was made of a dark wood and had a Victorian-era doorknob. I circled around it, and it was the same on both sides. I felt the paneling, and it was good, sturdy, hard wood. I knocked, and it sounded normal enough. I looked around. There was nothing for me here. I opened the door and stopped. It wasn't one on the other side that made me pause. It was Princess. I was leaving her here in this world. She would live in an endless loop, day after day, with no one to save her. I couldn't leave her here to that fate. I turned Stabby's dagger on myself, and I sucked in a deep breath and stabbed myself in the eye socket. All right, getting interesting. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, thank you for listening to uh, Aaron's Horror Show, and uh, 